What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook, and today I am joined by a returning guest from one of both mine and Delaney's favorite episodes of the show. I have back on Cy Amundsen. If you guys have been listening to the show for a long time, you might remember him coming on maybe about three years ago is what I think he and I were trying to figure out. I think it's been about three years, but he came on um, to talk about living with OCD, and it was an episode that seemed to resonate so much with so many of you and um not only that but he is such a fantastic comic and he co-hosts my favorite comedy podcast middle of somewhere it's him and chad daniels uh you guys have heard me mention it before on here but uh i, I cannot recommend their podcast enough so funny so Sai is back on this time to talk about his autoimmune disease as well as how that has impacted whether or not he and his wife want to have kids. So um, it's a little bit of a piggyback episode from the episode we did on uh, Taylor and Delaney and I deciding if we wanted to have kids or not. And Sai has a, a really interesting perspective on his and his wife's decision and kind of where they're at with all of it. So um, I hope that you guys enjoy it. I, man, I laughed so hard this episode, maybe harder than I have on an episode in a long time. And even despite covering some very dark subject matter, but He's so funny. Please go support the Middle of Somewhere podcast. And uh, this is coming out on September 19th. So I am going to be at the St. Louis Helium Comedy Club this weekend. And then in October, I'm going to be in Washington, D.C., as well as Grand Rapids. November, I'm going to be... November, I'm going to be in Atlanta, and then in December, Burbank, and by the time this comes out, I might have already started to announce some of my 2023 tour dates, but we already have a bunch of those rolling in, which is really exciting, so you can go to kelseycook.com and get tickets for any of those upcoming tour dates, and I'm going to go ahead and do our iTunes review of the episode here in the intro, and uh, that way when my interview with Sai ends, it will just be the end of the episode, but um, this is from I Have Swag. They say, amazing. A good friend recommended this podcast when talking about our anxieties. Since then, I've been binging as many episodes as I can in a work day. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, if you can take a second to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, it's just the fastest and it's a free way to help the show. And then you can also potentially get uh, get your review read on, on the podcast, which is fun. So Without further ado, here is my interview with Cy Amundsen. I hope you guys enjoy it. So you listeners will have heard me talk about uh, Cy in the intro, but um, I'm, I don't think, I was trying to remember how long ago it was that you came on to talk about OCD, but it was- maybe, 100 years. 100 it was 100 years ago. It was, pre, it was pre-virus that changed the world because I was still, we were still using a studio- 
in an office building and that's how I connected you. So yeah, it had to have been like 2019. I think so. Yes. A few years ago. And your episode is one of the most listened to of our whole catalog. And we got so many messages from people who just were very grateful to you being vulnerable and honest and uh, they just felt very seen. So first of all, thank you for that episode because I love to see people. So they're welcome. (laughs) And then uh, secondly, we put out an episode recently here on the podcast where Taylor came back on and we talked about whether or not we wanted to have kids. And you messaged me and said that you felt like uh, your perspective on it would be pretty unique to talk about as well. And so before we get into that, I want to go. That makes me freeze. That makes me sound the worst. If, (laughs) if, can you imagine the sort of fucking loser I would be if I saw a clip of your podcast and I was like, Hey Kelsey, honestly, I think my perspective on this would be helpful for you. Like, what happened was, let's fucking pump the brakes on my vernacular and the way I reach out. I messaged you. I was like, hey, I, like I've because I've struggled with the kid thing. Right. And so I related to your clip and I am always trying to shoehorn myself into other people's entities. <laughs> so that's I mean, let's just. I, I, I want to just pump the brakes on the whole my perspective thing. That makes me, that's not a good look. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> if Thank that you. put you in a, in a light that you did not. <laughs> I did not love that light. Should, do you want me to edit that out? <laughs> nope. Let's leave it in there. Let's just keep, let's just keep rolling. Let's keep, let's keep living our lives. Yes, I did. I am. I did. Uh, it is something we my because I so I got a. I like six years ago started. Here's the other fucked up thing. You're like you. You should only get to have so many topics. You know, like the OCD right. thing is something that I really deal with. I don't want to be the guy who's like, hey, here. Like, I don't think I want to be a resource for a lot of your guys's topics. <laughs> so I want to be really careful about today's episode. Okay. Uh, but. <laughs> I don't want to be on here next year. Like, Hey, let me tell you guys about, you know, so, uh, the, foot. it's just some, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be on here. Like guys, you have no idea how gout affects someone in their late thirties. Yeah. So my, so I started having like this crazy back pain a bunch of years ago and it like, cost me a comedy central pilot. And then it was the reason eventually I lost my, or I left my ESPN job and we just couldn't figure out what it was forever and forever and ever. And then at the end of, uh, 2020, right before the beginning of 2021, which is how calendars work. I, uh, we discovered it was an autoimmune disease. And so we're like dealing with that. It's gotten a little better going through physical therapy on medications, all this stuff. But one of the ramifications has been because of my, like my mobility issues, like my shoulders don't work great and my back, I struggle with back stuff all the time and my hips. I'm not necessarily an active member of my household. So when it comes time to like, should we have a kid? It's more like, hey, Jenna, should you have a kid? And I will also be here. And so we've really, that's been a really, really hard decision for us as well. Yeah. Fuck. And before the autoimmune disease set in, had you guys been planning on having kids for sure? I mean, I had been, uh, (laughs) I, I have, so I have wanted children since I was a child, which that's a weird vibe for a kid, but it wasn't actually, it wasn't even, uh, I wanted, I didn't want to be as a little kid. I didn't want to be a dad. I actually wanted to be a mom. Oh, you're like trying to breastfeed your cousins. (laughs) They're like, yeah, this is, this isn't some, like, I'm not trying to get like a Twitter trend going like hashtag sci moms. Like this isn't some gender cover. It was just when I was a kid, I like, I, for some reason I was like, I think I want to be a mom. And so what I would do is I like there are pictures of me growing up where I would like stick 
Nerf balls inside my shirt. So, and I would put a wig on, I'd put a wig on. Right. And then I would walk around with a cabbage patch doll and I'd be like, Hey, this is my son, Troy. Like just being a mom, (laughs) just walking around my house, being a mom. And, uh, a couple of side notes. One. So my cabbage patch doll, uh, was, uh, black. I had a black cabbage patch doll. His name was Troy. And we just had it just because that's the one they got for me. There wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't like that wasn't because something happened. And my dad, you know, <laughs> my parents and they also weren't my parents were, uh, you know, they're very progressive, open minded people, but they also weren't on the nose with everything. They didn't hand me the cabbage patch doll and go, he's a person, too. Like they didn't do any of that bullshit. They're just like I said. I want a cabbage patch doll. And they were like, here's a cabbage patch doll. And I was like, thanks. And that was all of it. But I do think, I do think my dad deserves an amount of credit for that because I grew up in like rural Minnesota. And by the way, this, like this wanting to be a mom thing, I wasn't three. I was like nine or 10 i was way too old to be doing this in theory sure and so my dad would have like his rural minnesota hunting and fishing you know hardcore man buddies come over and then his son would walk in dressed (laughs) like i was dressed with a little black baby and go hi i'm mrs amundsen this is my son troy there's (laughs) fuck there is no way there is no way that those guys went to the bar and like, you know, who's raising his son? Good Bruce. <laughs> I think, I think we should let Bruce raise our kids. Cause clearly it is going well. There's like no world where that was a thing, but my dad, like there's never any, there was never a moment in my life where my dad was like, you're going to be a, a man, mom. We call that a dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only person who ever said anything was my mom. And I remember one time I was like, I think I, I think I would be a good mom. And she's like, I think you should be a dad. And I was like, why? And she goes, well, being a dad is a lot like being a mom without all the f- terrible stuff that happens to being a mom. And that's like, I think some people be like, you gender traitor. But I, <laughs> she was just being honest. You yeah, know, it's a great pitch. There's no one like there's is there anyone less likable than someone who talks about the joys of motherhood. I can't take it. I mean, it's there's a, a reason. A, a, <laughs> yeah. the jo- you know, you just don't understand the joys of motherhood. Like I had a conversation with some lady um, and she was a, f- a friend of a friend and we were talking about kids and I, she had said that she wouldn't, we were ha- talking about this exact topic, like mom being a mom versus being a dad. And she was like, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I wouldn't have it any other way. I was like, you could just be, it's all the same shit. Like you don't like you could uh, literally a mom and dad, they can do the exact same thing except breastfeed. Right. There's no, and her thing was like this, the connection that you feel with the child growing inside of you. Yeah. And I think that's probably incredibly valid. Yeah. But at the same time, like, Whenever I sneeze, I don't pee some. So give some, take some. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not trying to turn this into a dad's versus mom's battle. The point is, uh, I very much, yes, I very much wanted to be, I've wanted kids since I was a little kid. And I've always known, I eight brothers and sisters, tons of nephews and nieces. So I always knew I wanted a family. And Jenna, you know, I know she does, but I think the decision is harder for her. Yeah, And so that's kind of why we were later. And then when, when I got sick, essentially the process was, I just was, I just had to make peace with that decision. You know, I had to like make peace with the fact that we might never have kids, uh, which was, you know, I didn't get all the way there, but fuck, that was a, a, not an easy thing to get to. Yeah. Um, and then we were, uh, so 
we live in Ohio now. And uh, I was at, so I, I probably made peace with the decision like a year and a half, two years ago. And so if we have kids someday, great. Uh, if my, if my health doesn't improve enough to have them, that is okay as well. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. But so we were, this is just turning into a TED Talk. We were... I love it. This is why I just wanted to hear how you felt about it. We were, I was at a Target by myself and I'm trying to leave the Target and I was like way back men's section and like, I, it's a straight shot, the long hallway all the way to the door. Right. Yeah. So as I'm walking, I see this mom and this little girl come in and they're like walking towards me. I see them walking in from a distance and we're getting close to each other. And they have like this gigantic statue of the target dog. I think his name is spot or some shit like that. And she sees the dog. This little girl does and she squeals in a way that adults aren't capable you know like with that wonderment that doesn't exist once you've been like fingered for the first time (laughs) you know once you like when you when you hit 16 and you're like this is what the world is like one thing goes in and one thing goes out yeah wonder yeah 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 you lose (laughs) there's not room for everything yeah um the so the and just to be clear people who are on my twitter about that one men can be fingered too so fucking that was that was an equal opportunity fingering joke it wasn't about women uh so she squeals and she sees this dog and she skips over to it and she gives the dog a hug she gives the dog like this huge hug and then she kisses her hand And she puts the kiss on the dog's lips and then she jumps like and skips back to her mom. And she had this look on her face that was so amazing and wonderful and joy filled. And I immediately started crying every tear in my body. (laughs) And so that's the moment where I was like, oh, I did not make peace with this decision at all. I have done a poor job of making peace. So, and I like, this isn't Kelsey. This wasn't like, like, you know, when you start, you're like, I'm starting to cry. No, this was like, now I'm normal. Now my shirt's wet. And so I immediately, like, I'm smart enough to recognize I can't cry in the aisle of a target. Yeah. So I just step to the right and I step into a clothing section. (laughs) You just go sit in the middle of a rack of polos. Yeah, so now I'm just weeping in the women's clothing section at Target. And I'm like, I'm literally like, I'm doing like, I'm doing this and while crying. And all of a sudden, I just feel somebody start to embrace me and put their arms around me. But I didn't like, I was looking kind of forward. So I didn't see a person when it happened. So I was like, did I cry so hard that I died? Are these the arms of the afterlife come to take me? The arms of the angel, I, Sarah McLaughlin. It, it was actually like a four foot elderly woman. And the reason <laughs> I couldn't see her is because she was like below my sight line. And she was like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I pull back and she goes, what's going on? And I couldn't like what I wanted to say is, 
I saw a little girl and she was very cute and I'm struggling to process some things in my own life and it just triggered me and I'm not having an easy time with it. And I literally went, the little, the little girl, she's because she's cute. And I just, just like, that's what I said. The little girl, the little girl, because she's cute. And so that is the riddle that I have handed this elderly woman in Target. So she's now a detective that has to solve a case. And the clues are 30-something-year-old man crying near bras. And the girl, the girl, she was so little, you know, like she was so cute, that sort of stuff. And so she's like, she's like kind of like petting me. And then another woman comes up and she goes, is everything okay here? And the old little lady, rightfully so, decided to speak on my behalf because she just watched me attempt to do that. Sure. And she goes, uh, she goes, I think this man is having a hard time because he just lost his daughter. Oh, my yeah. God. And so then so then the other woman, the other woman was like, oh, and then she starts hugging me. So what? now I'm now I'm receiving my like and I don't it's been a long time since I've had back to back hugs. You know, that's not a thing you get very often as an adult. Yeah. You know, unless you're like at a wedding, you're like, all right, I got to go. So I'm getting back to back hugs and they, it felt really good. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, regardless of them being wrong, I was really sad. And so I was like appreciating the love yeah. and the kindness. But then I pull back and now I'm going to, tell them the real situation i was like hey i so just i just have to i, I want to be honest with you guys and the, the the new woman goes no you do not have to explain yourself and i was like i but i think i do have to explain she's like don't you explain yourself i was like but i here's the thing she's like you get to feel the way you feel do not apologize and now she's almost bullying me into keeping my lie going yeah. and at a certain point i was like okay I do get to feel the way I feel. And so when we sit there for a minute and then the new woman gives me her card, right? Okay. And she goes, here you go. Uh, you know, if you ever need to talk to someone, this is my number. And I'm like, who are you people? You know, you know, like when you run into like Mormons and you're, they're like, hey, do you want to be a Mormon? And you're like, I don't. And they're like, well, can we still rake your yard and you're like you want to rake my yard they're like yeah and then other stuff too you're like i don't know man that seems so kind like that's what i don't know if these if mormons have like an elderly woman's division where they're just out like let's patrol the target and see if we can save anyone so the ywca uh, of mormons yeah so god the mormons are the mormons are such a good people i really like not i mean I don't, again, my Twitter's down, so no one can have this conversation with me, but I'm sure there's some not great Mormons, but yeah, you know, I, the, the ones I've met, I'm a big fan of. So the point is, so this woman takes the card and I leave, I, I leave. And so later that day, I'm like, I gotta, it's bothering me. Okay. Um, because I have a dipshit friend who became completely like utterly honest in his life. Like he never, ever tells a fucking lie. And I decided that I wanted to do that. And it's this wonderful, rewarding experience, except for when you have accidentally or on purpose told a lie and you later need to go, actually, I didn't go to the store, even though you thought I did like that sort of shit. Right. So in addition to that, where I just want to be honest, it's a good feeling to be honest. I was like, I don't I don't feel good about her thinking yeah. I have a dead kid. So right. I sent her this message that just says, hi, this is the guy from the store today. This is my name. You know, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your kindness in the store today. It was unbelievable and I greatly appreciate it. And then I hit send and then I start typing the next message, which is the more thoughtful. Here's what was really happening with me today. And before I can get that off, she responds with honestly the nicest message I have received in 20 years so kind like the sort of message that it hit my soul like 
Hmm, okay, thank you. Like, you, you know when somebody supports you with no motives? Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. I was like, what is happening? And yeah. so I couldn't tell her. Like, I just couldn't bring myself to tell her. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what? Just move on. You have to live with the fact that you deceive these people. But it's not like it wasn't for a nefarious purpose. No. And to be fair, you did really try several times. And yes. she did kind of like, hey, hush your mouth. Well, and I appreciate you seeing how I'm a good person in this scenario. We are going to continue down the path, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speak to you soon. So this lady, like... All of a sudden, out of nowhere, every couple weeks, she would just send me a random nice text message. Oh, like, hey, how you doing? Like a thoughtful little something. And it was so nice. And so now I'm developing this relationship with a random support person. And the truth is, even though I didn't have a dead kid, I am going through a lot with this disease and with yeah. like the decision to not have kids. So like having that that support felt really good. But now I'm like becoming a piece of shit because now I'm like taking it. I'm like, yeah, lady, give me the fucking love. And it, it just went on and on. And she like, and, and the other thing is like, I would never want to co-opt, like I would never want to take the struggle of somebody. Like my parents, I watched my parents lose my sister. So my sister died when she was uh, a senior in high school in a car accident. Yeah. And I watched them lose her. And it was horrific. It was horrific for all of us, but it was different horrific for them. Yeah. And so I, I would never want to take that from anyone. But right. so like, this just went on and on. And finally, one day I sent her a message and I like came totally clean. And I was ready for like the... How dare you? Right. The fucking Kelsey, the message this woman sent me made me want to be a better human being. Like the message back was like, I don't care. Like, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to say the what the specific of the message was. But like. It was so kind and understanding and never looked at anything from an affair. So like it was just like this big unbelievable moment of like that and i think that is actually what helped me this sounds funny but it's that that helped me finally get to a place like i still want kids yeah i still will be really sad if we don't have kids yeah. uh when i see a kid being really cute i still go oh my gosh but i think like this experience and this the like seeing human kindness it's so silly to say but like i real like i guess i kind of realized that you could have an effect like the effect that that woman had on me mm. i was like oh man it's not being a parent it's not being anything like that but there's this meaningful way that you can exist in the world that can so positively affect other people. I, I, I'm still probably haven't made peace with it, but that whole, this whole weird, that whole weird time period kind of helped me uh, go through it a little bit. When I thought I was there, when I thought I was almost there, then I just, you know, lied to an old lady at Target for a bunch of months and got closer to where I need to be in terms of <laughs> accepting it. God. I mean, I know we laughed so much through that whole story but the end of it is that's such a profound takeaway that this woman could have been anywhere in the world and she happened to cross paths with you when you really needed it and even once you came clean and said hey that's not actually what was going on it's something else yeah she still showed up in a way that there was no judgment and even bigger than that made you go, oh, I can, even if it's not with my own child, I could give to other people what this woman gave to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was like what it was, was the recognition of how I felt during that process. Yeah. And going, and that, here's the thing. That woman has no idea the effect she's had. There's no real like, I, th I think that's the interesting thing. Like I've said some really nice things to her. 
you know, and I've thanked her and there's been a nice exchange back and forth, but she really has no idea the profound effect she's had. Yeah. And I think what that showed me is, and I haven't put this into practice yet because I'm a fucking lunatic, <laughs> but I think it, sh- it show I think it shows you like the profound effect you can have without, and you might never see like, you might never see the benefits of it, but it was just an interesting thing to see someone have an effect on others in that way. So much right now including most of the things I do most all, especially with social media and everything we do, it's all inherently, even when you want to help other people, you still want something for yourself. You know, the amount of people who pretend their mother Teresa, like I don't need anything. That's a pretty rare person. We are all still humans. We all still want the rewards of, of the way other people view us. So to see someone act like that is a pretty, pretty impressive and um you know meaningful yeah i suppose when she gave you her card and you don't have to share her profession if you don't want to but did it say on there that she was like a therapist or anything it did it did say what she does for a living and it was nothing remotely related to anything in the field at all she's just a fucking lady how funny would it be if i went on her page and she was like guys do you think the holocaust was real what if she's like nice but you know you know how every once in a while you meet something someone and you're like like you think they're like you're like oh that's such a sweet person and then you're like ah i wonder what their family's like and you search them on facebook and it's just like just insane shit like the earth is flat and catholics are the only good religion you're like i don't know about this no there's no way she's that way but oh my god yeah yes um, how have you not told this story on middle of somewhere? Um, I, I, you know, I think I told it on the Patreon. Uh, it's okay. something like it was, yeah, I don't know. I, it's probably something that I'll, you know, I'll use at some point somewhere. I probably should, but just, yeah, it's an sometimes I get story. I'm a little, I'm a little more precious with it. It's uh, this seems like a place where we're having a different sort of conversation. Yeah. So it's a little more uh, I'm a little more precious about it, I suppose. Yeah. This podcast is a cocoon. Uh, yes, sure. Yes. <laughs> correct. Amundo. I don't know why I've been talking like the Fonz lately. I've been saying correct. Amundo a lot. That's not like and not even as a, I don't even think it started as a bit, but I just started using a lot of Amundos and it's. I tell you what, if we uh, here's the thing, even if I wanted to have kids with the amount that I put a mundo on the end of the wor- uh, words, like my wife's vagina has been dry for months. I'd be like, there's no way I'd be like, can I get in there a mundo? There's like no fucking chance. <laughs> medically, not possible. <laughs> medically, medically, no. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's been. I think I, I think the thing like the other thing is like I'm worried about. I'm not, I think, you know, these people who there's such a performative aspect to having kids, Mm -hmm. but what no one else talks about is there's a very performative aspect to not having kids. So like, as much as we want to rag on the lady who's like, the joys of motherhood are beyond what, you know, okay. There's also the people who are so proud that they are not a parent. Have you ever listened to one of those people talk? Also equally. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Those are the fucking horrific. I watched, I saw this thing on the internet. uh, I think it was like some Buzzfeed bullshit. It was like 40 people who tell you why they unapologetically, unapologetically didn't have kids and how they're doing great. But here was the catch. Everyone on the list was like Lisa age 39. Everybody was in their thirties and forties. And I'm like, And all their things, all of it was like, we made the decision to not have kids and we've never been happier. And I do think a lot of people make that decision Mm -hmm. and they're happy with that decision forever. But I don't think you get to say that that's how it worked out when you're 40. I agree. Let's see what happens when you're fucking 68 and everyone you used to hang out with is busy with their kids and grandkids all the time. Like that's... 
let's fucking totally if BuzzFeed wants to throw that shit out, let's get let's get I want to see like, well, I didn't have kids and I'm so happy to be 78 and alone. And maybe you are, but I, I don't know. I think I'm really worried about how because no matter if but you have to be honest, if you don't have kids, there's a lot of time and energy and emotion that gets put into kids that still exists and you need to find a healthy outlet for it. Yeah. Like my friend, Jenna, or my friend, Jenna. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well. I keep saying, if I keep saying correct Amundo, she's going to be my friend, <laughs> if you're not lucky, my wife. Yeah. My wife knows this couple where they decided not to have kids or they like, they couldn't. And then they just decided not to adopt. Mm-hmm. And so he like, teaches an art class and he volunteers and she's like one of the foremost specialists and like fucking you know mushrooms and shit I, like like yeah. like foraging for him and has written a book and they do like so they have like these really meaningful lives and i just i worry that if i don't have kids like my dad had kids and he still has gone so insane as a retired man yeah. Like you come home and he's like, Hey, I'm building knives. You're like, fucking, I don't think that's a good idea at all, Bruce. <laughs> I'm just worried that like Jenna will come home one day in my fifties. I'll be in my fifties. She'll come home and I'll just have like the whole living room set up like a courthouse, just dolls everywhere. Like it looks like the plaintiff has arrived, like that sort of shit. Defendant <laughs> plaintiff. It doesn't matter. I feel like if I don't have kids, I'm going to be the sort of guy who dies in an HOA to, like fight, you know? Jenna Jenna finds me on the lawn with like a spade shovel through my heart and she's like I'm gonna miss you so much and I just my last breath I'm like I should have had a son (sighs) and then I just like fade off into heaven as a as not a father so I don't know I'm I'm worried about what'll happen (laughs) yeah I'm worried about I'm tell Troy (laughs) tell Troy to pass my jeans on like I'm worried about what'll happen if I if I don't have kids, but yeah. you know we'll see. I feel similarly where that is uh, the thing that keeps that percentage open in my mind of like ah I hope I don't feel this way, but I do worry that when I'm that older older age that I will feel maybe some sense of regret. But in terms of the next few decades, I guess. To me, it's not a strong enough desire to where I would actively want to make that big decision with my life. I feel like I I like spending time with kids a hobby amount, but not yeah. like a career amount. And that's why I, I love being an aunt. And I know that you have baby Ellen and who is just the 16 nephews and nieces. Yeah. Oh, my so God. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You've got so a lot. many. Um, but even when I go spend time with my brother and sister-in-law and my niece, and she's a great baby, but it is, it is nonstop. And I can't imagine loving a baby more than I love her. And I still am like, I don't think I'm cut out for this all day, every day. It it is really hard. Yeah. And I I think, you know, that's some of the stuff my wife uh, struggles with. And, you know, also she's like, will I be connected? Well, but, you know, one of our therapists said something really interesting to her. It's like part of its biology, you know, like when a thing comes out of, you know, that thing that everybody says, like when I saw my baby's face, it's, they make it seem like it's this meaningful emotional, no, it's a biological response that connects you. And I think it changes the way your brain, like, so sometimes it's hard to conceptualize what actually having a kid will be like if you're not someone that's really driven to have children. And I think yeah. that's a very normal thing. I'm not saying that's a reason to have kids, but I do think that's a real thing. Yeah, I um, I don't know if you listened to that kids episode. Yep. But I okay. So that whole thing I was talking about with the um, I mean I I heard it start to finish and I was like, you know what, this needs my perspective. <laughs> Papa Sai needs to yeah. slide on. I it. can't remember if that was in the if that was actually in this episode or the thing that we cut. So <laughs> that's just a fun little piece for everybody listening. It is in there. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but the whole and I don't know if this is more 
a, a female thing than a male thing, but that pressure, it just does feel like because the majority of people have kids, it gets embedded in your mind that you probably should too. But if it was the whole same amount of people that owned, I think I said like an iguana or something, you would be more like, okay, do I really feel passionately about owning an iguana? And I think a lot of people just end up having kids because they are like, well, this is what everybody does. This is what I'm supposed to do. But I think if it was less common, I don't know that as many people would. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the conversation about everything that exists, right? It's like if there wasn't, you know, an unbelievable amount of years that where societies behaved in a certain way and it influenced the way humans viewed the world, you know, from every topic from, you know, religion, sexuality, monogamy, children, family, you know, the, the United States does this thing where they like there's such a focus on independence you know, a lot of other countries are like, hey, we have multi-generational living in our family, which is how I grew up. I grew up with a grandma that lived in our house. And it's uh, that's what I want. I want multi-generational living. I think it's wonderful. But in America, there's this idea that like, if you don't get out of your parents' house and go live on your own, and if you're not independent, you're a fucking loser. Get away from your family. You don't need people around you. Independence, independence. And I don't subscribe to that at all. I'm the sort of person who could live right next door to my family. Like I'd have boundaries. I don't want you coming to my shit all the time, (laughs) but like I just, I place a really high value on uh, a lot of that stuff. And even within that, that doesn't mean that everybody would want that. Yeah. You know, like there's still people are like, Hey, I'm more of a by myself person, but I do think society influences that as well. So I, I think you're probably right about that. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think the iguana co- comparison sucks because you can't like if you gave birth to an iguana, like that's like giving birth to something versus buying something. I think those are very different. And if you gave birth to a, an iguana, you'd be like, hey, I'm going to kill my wife. So I don't know what that was. But if it came out of her, um, I am going to tie her up and put her in a river forever. So I can't we can't have a woman here that lets a reptile crawl out of her womb. That's not, <laughs> that's not acceptable. Oh my God, my stomach hurts. Uh, yeah, that's true. I was thinking that was a great analogy and you're like, hey, shut it down. No, I think it's a great analogy. I just like to argue. So I don't know that it's, I just <laughs> wanted to be a dick. <laughs> it is a difference. It is a difference for sure. Um, so what, have you this is getting kind of back into the disease but sure. have you this is for our listeners who are maybe also struggling with an autoimmune disease what has helped your mindset the most i guess what has given you hope what helps you mentally deal with it every day hmm um i don't know that i'm a good person for that question um that's fair because uh, what has given me hope was the diagnosis and then found a physical therapist. That's amazing. And, um, the thing that's given me hope is hope. Uh, I think cause I was going backwards and spiraling downward for so long that once I started not spiraling downward anymore, I went, Oh my gosh, is there a world where I could get a little better? I, I think it's really I I don't conceptualize how to handle being sick and getting sicker. You know, it's kind of like we do this thing in our society that I really uh, hate. Uh, it's we call like, I, and I think it's because we hate the idea of people struggling. Like we really hate that. We hate like we hate being faced with the reality of someone struggling. So like when you hear somebody gets diagnosed with like a horrible disease, it's going to kill them, right? You're like, fuck, that's so heavy, especially if it's somebody you love. And you don't like thinking about that reality because that reality is so fucking horrific and brutal. And so what we do as a society a lot is we celebrate people who are brave. That's the word we use. We say they're so brave. Like we do it with cancer all the time. She's so brave. And when you listen to these these conversations that you hear all the time, it's so-and-so is so brave. She has cancer, but she's out there. She's living her life. 
she's fighting like crazy. She still shows up to the meetings. She still does this and she still does that. And I think that's true. Like if somebody does that, that is fucking unbelievably brave and impressive. But I think we don't often recognize that people receive people's brains all work different and they receive difficult news and struggle with difficult situations differently. And so when we do that, it kind of sets this standard where if you have something horrible you're going through, yeah. the best way that you can deal with it, you see what I got to be one of the brave ones. I've got to be brave and I've got to do this thing. And I, to me, I've always thought the person or not always, this is what I've started thinking in the last however many years is and I'm fortunate, mine is not, mine is a lifelong chronic illness that has very much disrupted my career and my everyday life and a lot of things, but you know, it's not terminal okay. yeah. like some horrible diseases. But I think the, the person who gets a diagnosis like that and goes to all the meetings and is amazing, I think that's person's brave. And I think the person who gets a diagnosis and can barely leave their room because they're terrified until the moment they pass away is equally as brave. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think we don't want to think about that other person who's scared until they die. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I think the, the only thing, and I, I don't know, I just don't know what everybody who goes through something, whether it's, a chronic lifelong disease, whether it's a short term situation that disrupts their life or whether it's like a horrific terminal illness. I think we all go through those things different and we all find hope or peace or meaning in different ways. And I, I, if, if we, if I wouldn't have gotten diagnosed and if I wouldn't have started getting better, I don't, I don't think I would have, I don't, any of the tools I've used as I've gotten a little bit better I don't know that they'd be relevant if I hadn't gotten a diagnosis and started getting a little bit better. And so, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think for me, a thing that's meaningful is the presence, like having somebody present. Cause it's very, you feel very alone when you're going through something shitty that other people aren't going through. You feel alone. So I like my wife being around. I have a very involved family. I was very, very lucky. I always think therapy of any sort when you're struggling with anything, yeah. is super super important but i you know you know i could there's a bunch of things i think about autoimmune diseases and how to advocate for yourself but in terms of how you handle finding hope and joy or meaning i fucking i don't know i know that's not a great answer i know the yeah i, I don't know no i think you saying the whole um we really raise people up for being brave and acknowledging that the people who aren't out doing those things still deserve just the same amount. Equally as brave. Yep. Equally as brave. I think that's such a, such an important thing to say because people, people forget about it. It's not the flashy social media yeah. way of like, look at this person. Nobody's going to make a movie out of you. You're not going to get a million likes. You just are stuck in that reality and fucking a, I can't imagine being stuck in that reality. Yeah. And I, whether you're scared or not, you still have to fucking go through it and going through it yeah. is the fucking brave part. It's not how you react to it. Yeah. That's this fucking idea. Like I brave is such a stupid fucking word. Yeah. It's like yeah. fierce, fierce. We fucking love the word brave and fierce. Yes. Got yeah. my my wife. Uh, she's very independent, mm -hmm. and uh, which was like, so it's, you know, uh, she's been amazing during this whole disease thing. But it's also she's been not amazing. It's been hard. You know, that's yeah. the other. They, everybody gets so performative on social media, yeah. where they're like, I, you know, well, let me tell you this story. So. Before I got diagnosed, <clears throat> as I as stuff was getting worse and we didn't know what was going on, like there was a lot of stuff. Like so, one thing was like this right shoulder froze. So like even still today, that's all the farther I can move it. Wow. Okay. Like as a shoulder. Yeah. You know I can do this, but I can't go up any higher on my head, and that's way better than it was. Ugh, so so it was 
it was well, that's okay. Don't 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 apologize. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna do that. I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna tell you the reality. So I I love you. You can I, you can. <laughs> I just you you can tell me later. Okay. But no no all all stuff. Uh, so uh, this shoulder uh, was good, but it was starting to struggle. So I had one frozen shoulder and one other shoulder that was starting to freeze. And that makes movement like reaching up and around and behind you more difficult. So when you have one frozen shoulder and another shoulder that's freezing, taking a shit becomes this like, you know, in video games, like you've seen commercials for video games where like there's a king in a castle and then there's a bunch of walls and an army is coming and then they get over the first wall and then they go over the second wall. And you're like, if they get over a couple more walls, they're going to fucking kill that king. That's what taking a shit with a frozen shoulder and a second shoulder freezing is like. You're like, if this second shoulder gets much worse, we're going to have a weird conversation. And so, so it happened. It got to the point I was in there one day and I was like, well, I can't wipe my own ass without some pain you know and so i called my wife and she comes into the bathroom and i tell her what's going on i'm like this is what's happening and i need your help and she takes this pause and she goes ah bummer which was like the funniest response i've ever heard and so we took care of it yeah and um but then we were like, we're not just deal with like, we are going to come up with a solution because we're not, we weren't ready to be yeah. a couple that wipes one of our asses. Like, I think when you get married, you subconsciously know, like you understand, like someday I might have to wipe this person's ass, but you're not like probably 37. I think 30, I think I'll practice on my husband for my baby. You know, you don't think. <laughs> You don't think you'll be like at your friends, like, hey, Jenna, can you change uh, uh, tie? And she's like, yeah, actually, as long as his legs don't weigh 140 pounds, I'm going to be really good at this. Like you can't you don't see that sort of thing coming. So we're not ready to be a wipe your ass couple. Sure. So we're like, OK, let's get a bidet. So we order a bidet. But here's the thing, because my low back was really struggling. I had one of those like old people elevated toilet seats where it's like when I poop, I sit halfway down, you know. <laughs> so I have one of those because otherwise my low back was like, it's like, hey, don't sit like this, please. Right. So uh, and this is at the point where we still don't have a diagnosis. So there isn't like a there isn't a hey, oh. this will get better. This is just right. like this is what we do now. So we get a bidet. And we bring it in there and we try to attach it to the uh, the raised toilet seat and it doesn't attach. And then we try to put it bottom. I try to sit down and it just like it hurts my low back too much because a bidet doesn't like it's not like you got to like get to it. You know, you can't like. Yeah. With, with my back, it just wasn't it just wasn't working. So we're like, OK, that didn't work, but we're not quitters. So I went online and ordered seven more different bidets. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, the angle so of the we bidet get, is very important. It's funny how yeah. just like a half a degree difference is like a major problem. And that's not what my body can do. Right. Right. And so uh, we get all these bidets in, and I've always worried about bidet. Like I think I would like a bidet too much, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and I don't, that's not like a sex, but it's like, if you like, yeah, yeah that's Brand another conversation joke about that. <laughs> yeah. That's another conversation. I, uh, I, so the point is we order seven more bidets and we go in the bathroom and we try them. We try to put them on yeah. and one by one, we watch these bidets fail. And I think, people are so performative about their love online. They're like, I, my husband, he works 60 hours a week and still coaches our son's baseball game. And he, and, and he still has time to support my business and care about me and go to date night on Wednesday. We never miss a Wednesday date night. There is no love like Jeff's love. Well, fuck. <laughs> 
I tell you, when you're on bidet eight out of eight and you're like, and you realize that it doesn't work and then you look into your partner in their 30s eyes and you're like, we wipe my ass now. Fuck, I'm going to tell you, let me know when Jeff is wiping your ass, Sheila. And then maybe you can fucking like, there is no love like Jeff's love. And <laughs> so side note, by the way, uh, there is like, you know how the internet is like built it's an algorithm where if you accidentally watch a jurassic park clip for two years every website you go to has ads trying to sell you jurassic park t-shirts and shit yes when you buy seven bidet, <laughs> excuse me eight bidets in like two weeks the algorithm has no idea what to do like i don't know sell him 12 bidets do you think he'd want a 12 bidet pack you remember the movie Inside Out? I just assumed it's a bunch of people and like, all right, all right, all right. Everybody saw the news, right? He bought eight bidets. Clearly, Cy has made a change. Throw me your weird stuff. Like, oh, what about there's a man in the UP who makes uh, he makes uh, uh, a coasters out of raccoon skulls. Would he like that? Throw it at like the sort of weird shit you get like and you get so much. Like you also get like a lot of medical shit. Yeah. And then there were some ads where they're like, do you want a small camera? Wink, wink. You're like, no, that's not. Oh my God. That's not what this is about. Oh um, my God. Ads for like white rod water rafting. They're like, this guy just yeah. loves a steady stream up his asshole. Just yeah. water parks. The, the other thing I forgot was so after before we were like i guess we might be just this i called a handyman and i called him and i was like hey would you help i had this idea right yeah and i was like will you come i need help it's hard to explain over the phone yeah um but i have i'm having ability issues and i need my bathroom to be made accessible and he's like yep because uh, i'd gotten a recommendation from a friend and this guy comes over and i tell him i was like so here is my plan by the way i was like I just need to like, cause I can stand and I can like, like use my knees. Right. I just can't get my arms back there. So somehow if I had a third arm, I could, so my idea is like, I need, so I was like, what if there was a device that came off my wall? Right. right. And it, you could like put the toilet paper on the end of it and then just kind of like, slide down onto it like you're trying sex for the first time right mm -hmm. and then you like and then i would just like kind of like use the motion of my body to so that's my plan so i i tell this guy that this is what i want him to build and i, I like i explain i'm like i'm really into it because i thought i thought of a solution i'm like and then like it could come off the wall right here and that gives me enough space to stand up from the toilet and then go over there and i think it's a, and so i could finish and he goes yeah i don't think i'm interested and I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I just don't think I'm the guy for the job. And I go, I, okay. And he was like really weird about it. And he left. And I went and I told my wife, I was like, Hey, I had this idea. And he was like, he just like, Cole was like, I'm not interested. He doesn't want to do it. And she goes, Oh, weird. The guy, the handyman you, you brought in doesn't want you to build a wall dildo. Like he doesn't want to build a fuck, a fuck machine in your bath. I was like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, I basically asked him to to stick a rod to our bathroom wall, didn't I? There's no way that guy is like, there's no way that guy thinks like, yeah. it's probably for toilet paper. I bet it's for toilet paper. There's no <laughs> chance he thinks that. Left that minor detail out. Yeah. What's that? Um, we ended up. I was just say, what's that arcade? Isn't there one that it's like there's a big hand that comes out and you like hold onto it for arm wrestling or like one of those old school ones. That's what I was picturing that you just have like a stationary hand. My idea was, yeah. my idea was I wanted to, I, it was like you would fasten like a, a, like a, like a two by two. Cause you can't go four by four, you know, yikes, but you would fashion like a two by two. And then I thought the same thing, like a mannequin's arm stuck yeah. to it. And here's the thing. I didn't even tell him that part. But so you stick a mannequin arm to it and then I just put the toilet paper on that and I'm like, huh? Huh? <laughs> like I'm like I'm a, like I'm a college girl at one of those bars that has like one of those bulls, you know, like I can ride it. 
And so he, uh, yeah, he, but just a lot of hips. But I just was so naive to the to what I'd asked. I was so involved in my own story. We also we just we threw all the bidets away because, well, because it was we a lot of them had like I waited too long to return them. Right. And then you can't be the guy who sells used bidets. On. Can you imagine the people that show up? Like, I'm here for the used bidets. You're like, oh, fucking A. Only I if can't. they haven't been cleaned. <laughs> I can't handle this guy. Well, So <clears throat> now to go all the way back. Yeah. Uh, so like my wife. So I don't like, here's the thing I'll tell you about an autoimmune disease and the performative, like the brave and all this other stuff. So all these people who they're like, we we struggle and i've got a superhero next to me my wife is amazing she is and i i love her so much and she's been at times amazing in this journey and at times she's fucking sucked during it and i think that's part of being a human being yeah you know i think like if i were to describe i think that's the reality of like if I were to describe our relationship, because she was so independent, we were both so independent when we mm-hmm. got together and that was really important to me. And then, uh, I got sick and she's still really independent, which is, uh, <laughs> like we, we go back and forth between having like this deep, loving, wonderful, supportive relationship and wondering if we should hire one of those, crazy nurses that falls in love with patients you know like we're a fight or two away from just starting to interview unhinged rns you know like oh you four years at 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 st thomas wow do you what's your dad like shit like that just try to figure out we've got a whole plan too like you know whenever i'm not around and the nurse is there jenna's gonna be like honestly i think he's more sensitive than someone who's completely able-bodied just like really she's really trying to and then when the finally this nurse finally breaks the rules and kisses me jenna will be outside the door and break in like i knew it and if you want him so bad you can fucking have him and then she like winks at me right and we're good and we've solved it she's free she gets to move on and i have a psycho to watch movies with until i'm not around anymore i think it's a really good I think it's a really good plan. So, oh my god! I mean, it's it's so dark and so funny, but like, this is exactly the type of shit that you don't see on social media. And I think it is important to have conversations like this, where you're like, "Look, it's not always great, and why would it be? Like, I can't imagine what you guys go through." It's, I like, it's she was so like so she was so independent so to go back to that word fierce Mm -hmm. she like she described herself when we were early on as fiercely independent and i don't know who the pr agent is for the word fierce but like everything is like he's so fierce you could just be like he he just you know it's just I, i don't know i fierce I, I whenever it made the switch i always thought of fierce as like a really intense not necessarily like good thing like but we've really spun it the other way but you wouldn't be like oh you should see terry at burger king the way he's so fierce you're like oh that's the that's a fucking bummer i get that all these keywords are really important and people are fierce and are brave but they sometimes those words are really silly i hated when she used that word so she she was so independent like when we first started dating, she, uh, I was in, I'd woken up before her and I went into the kitchen and I waited for her. I was just hanging out, waiting for her to get up yeah. so we could go have breakfast together. Yeah. And she comes walking through the kitchen and I said, Hey, I would really love to go get some pancakes. Yeah. And she goes, cool. I'm going to go get one of those scones. I like at the coffee shop and didn't break stride and walked out the door like in her mind we both that that wasn't us to that was like we're exchanging plans goodbye 
and and like i think i think like independence is a spectrum you know where like you can definitely be too dependent but i don't think people talk about like you can definitely be too independent you know you know who was fiercely independent fucking the unabomber ted kaczynski okay they didn't call him the fucking duo bomber you know he wasn't like hey sharon will you help me ride to the store to buy some detonators no he just fucking put that bomb in that mailbox and he thought to himself like good for you ted you are a you are one fiercely independent man it's fucking fierce. It's, uh, so it's, I like it's. It's not. It hasn't been easy, but I think we're doing it. We're doing it together. You know. Yeah. In theory, we'll see until I get. You know, until it changes, we'll see. I will have plugged middle of somewhere again in the intro, but can you plug anything you want people to check out? Anything like that? Uh no, just uh. Uh, middle of somewhere, I think. Uh, Chad's the Chad is all of your favorite comics, favorite comic, and I'm also there. And so, uh, it's really fun. It's uh, I really like doing that show. And I would say, you know, most people who give it a try who like comedy end up uh, either loving it or hating it. So, let's see which one you are. <laughs> let's give it a try. Yes, go start from the beginning. If you don't, oh, I've, I had to, I had to stop telling people that I'm like, just jump on board now. Don't because oh, really? well, here's the thing. I want them to start from the beginning. That's fine. Yeah. But I do, we do do a lot. I like, I'm having a lot of like tech, like Instagram messages with people who are like, Oh, you started from the beginning. So now all the moments where I interact, where people are like, mm-hmm. there are certain moments in the show's history where people are like, I'm going to fucking tell Cy how dumb he is. So I'm like living that instead of as the show, I'm living it individually with people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I just... But start start wherever you want. The new episodes are good. You'll love it. They are. They're amazing. Um, thank you so much for being back on. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 